Should we be expecting a big breakout season from this Rams cornerback? And do we already know which Rams rookie is going to have the biggest impact this season? That's coming up on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available over on YouTube, so join the party. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. If you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And most importantly, drop your takes down below. You want all your comments about your Los Angeles Rams down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. You might know me for covering the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation, but now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, Mr. Travis Rogers. Now, Trav, we learned something very interesting yesterday. That there's so many rookies on this team that they're not using vans to get them to camp. They're using charter buses. Charter buses so it's nice to see that the Rams, they're doing everything they can to get recent college graduates jobs. Sometimes that's an issue. The Rams are doing what they can. But you ready to get into my man? Yeah, look, instead of taking the little airport van from point A to point B, they've got a caravan of luxury buses. And who knows? They might need a train at some point to get all the guys they got on this team from one a, uh, from point one to point two. It's uh it's going to be a different year for sure. No, absolutely. I think they should bring back Jerome Bettis, have the bus, drive the bus. And it definitely exemplifies how different it is at OTAs. There's only 14 players on this Rams roster that have three or more years of NFL experience. You definitely have that youth movement. Definitely lots of rookies. And today we're going to talk about a second-year player because Pro Football Focus, they named Kobe Durant as the Ram that's most likely to have a breakout season. Now in his rookie year, he definitely showed flashes especially in that game against the Broncos where he had two picks he had the pick six and on that pick six he had a top speed of 21.5 miles per hour on that 85 yard pick six that was the fastest speed reached by a Rams ball carry since week 10 of 2016 so fast you get a speeding ticket in a school zone but last year just 281 snaps and did have productivity if you look at his PFF grade it was at 75.2 that ranked 18th among all cornerbacks so the potential is definitely there. He has the speed. He has the talent. Not the biggest guy standing at 5'11", but still those flashes, they were impressive last season. Now, Travis, do you expect Kobe Durant to have a breakout year in 23? Well, somebody's got to, right? With Jalen Ramsey gone, that means that the entire field opens up. The, the reason that uh, Durant specifically and more, you know, the not Jalen Ramsey side of the field, more generally speaking, whether it was Darius Williams a few years ago, Durant last year, that's where the ball was going to go the majority of the time. You know, quarterbacks are not dummies. So don't, don't throw it at number five. That's where the trouble is. Throw it on the other side of the field away from number five. So I think that's where the opportunities for Durant 
came last year. Well, Ramsey's in Miami, right? He's gone. The Rams don't have a, a, a perennial all pro at that position anymore, which means the ball's going to go all over the place. So there are more opportunities for Durant and everyone else that's back there with them, whether it's Kendrick, whether it's yeast or anything. What I love about Durant specifically is he's got attitude, man. And, and, and that's the, at, at that particular position, you got th think about the best guys at that position, whether you're talking about Deion Sanders, whether you're talking about uh, Jalen Ramsey or whoever it may be, those guys believe that they are special because they have to be right. That if you're going to be out there on that Island and you're covering the best athletes on the field, you're covering the DK Metcalfs and, and, and Debo Samuels and Deandre Hopkins and all those guys, you better think you're something special. And I think that Durant does. And I think that that always serves those guys incredibly well. So yeah, I, I think there's a real opportunity for him and his teammates in the secondary for the Rams because Ramsey's not there. That ball's going to be coming everywhere, every time, all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is the big question. Can he match up with the other team's best receivers? Can you play him outside? That is going to be the number one determining factor. Can you play Kobe Durant as your outside cornerback and feel confident about that? Can he get it done? That is going to be key because last season, he did play some outside in nickel. He played some outside when they were in base, but the majority of the time he was at slot at around a 70% clip. So he has to still prove he can get it done as an outside cornerback. And also, too, you got the slot there with Trey Tomlinson. So if he can get it done and you got Trey in the slot right there and you have Durant in the outside, I feel pretty good about that. And also, too, you look at his jersey number at 14. I was wondering if he was going to make some type of switch. You know, those premier cornerback numbers. You mentioned Deion Sanders. Now, Zach Evans is wearing 21. Tamarcus Davis is wearing 24. But hey, sometimes when you switch those premier numbers, you really turn into that premier CB. Yeah, no, look, there's something to it. I, I, I know I say this a lot, but uh, my pal Keyshawn Johnson always talks about numbers. He's practically like a, a, a numerologist, a psychic that he believes in the power of the numbers. So, yeah, you need to have not only do you have to have the game, you got to have the right number on your back to make it happen. Look. There's going to be nothing. There's two ways to look at this. There's the way to look at it that you're going to need to have a big year from a Kobe Durant type of player. And then there's the way to look at it from there's nothing but opportunities, right? That this is a team that has Aaron Donald and some guys. Now, which of those guys step up to become high-level NFL players? That's up to them. They, 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 you look at you know, the, the Rams' defensive scheme. They got rid of somebody at every level of their defense this year. They really didn't replace them with a ton of NFL vets. They're, they're riding with what they have. They're riding with the draft picks. They're riding with some uh, undrafted free agents. And there's going to be opportunities all over the field. Durant will be at the front of the list because he had a good year last year. And, and, and really him and his entire position group is going to be filled with opportunities because the Rams will be giving up opportunities frequently, I fear. Yeah, look, I mean, there's no way around it, right? I mean, these guys are young. They're inexperienced. They haven't proven that they can get it done at this level. And really, it's going to come down to development. Can Lake and Pleasant get the most out of these guys? Can some of them continue to emerge to try to see, hey, can we be a part of this secondary for the future? Can they get guys like Rochelle and Kendrick and Jolly to take that next step in their development? Because really, if they don't, you might have to go and get a veteran cornerback if you want to win with 
this team. So they're going to get their opportunities, and we'll see what they can do. And I also think, too, you'll see some cornerback by committee. I think depending on the tight end they'll be lined up against, they'll try to mix things up. But, yeah, I think Durant and THT, I think should be solid on one side of the ball. I think the potential is there. Very young, very raw. But I think that Durant is a playmaker. He has a nose for the ball. He has the penchant for the big play. And that's what I really like about him. They're going to be young there. They, they've been, you know, you go back to keep to lead Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, Troy Hill, all of these guys in the secondary, uh, Nikel Roby Coleman, all of these these were all NFL veteran guys that they'd been playing with for years and years and years. This is probably the second year, last year being the first. You still had Ramsey there, but it is a young group and there's a ton of opportunities. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that is the word that I'm focused on is opportunity because the opportunity is absolutely there. It's just a matter of which of these guys takes it and runs with it. And to your point, you mentioned guys like Roby and Hill, both those guys undrafted free agents, and we saw they turn into key contributors. So we've seen in the past the Rams, they know how to develop a secondary, they know how to take later round picks and undrafted guys and turn them into impact players. And we'll see if they can have that same luck with this group. And if they can do that, that's going to increase the chances of Kobe Durant having a breakout season. Now, can he do it? I definitely think that he has the potential to. I'm buying all the Kobe Durant stock. This is a big Kobe Durant household, but still we need to see it. But I think the hunger is there. The attitude is there. The swagger is there. The playmaking ability is there. And I think that there's a good chance that he's a big core member of this defense for years to come. But coming up next on Locked On Rams, do we already know which rookie is going to have the biggest impact this season? That's coming up on Locked On Rams. Before we do that, D-Mac, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. You, me, everybody, we're always looking for that delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and you definitely don't want all those calories. You need to try the best protein bar ever built. You got to try Built Bars. You want me, you want good snack choices, but you also want to make sure that they taste great. That's where Built Bars and Built Puffs come in. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing. You're going to be thinking there's no way this is good for me, but they are. Why are they so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate for starters. Yes, you heard me correctly. 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, a whole bunch of other ones as well. I love the coconut almond, and I don't know how they do it, but these bars, they really do taste like a candy bar while maintaining those amazing macros. What's best? They're healthy too. Only 100 30 calories, just four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's a lot, right? And you don't need to wait to get a box for a long time. We've been telling you to go to built.com to order your bars. And right now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's club. Well, you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk on over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate and coconut puffs. And if you're near a Sam's Club, run on in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors like peanut butter brownie puff, churro puff, and yes, you can thank me later. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Before we get into our next segment, just want to send a special shout-out to our everyday listeners. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. And another reminder, we are available over on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, and most importantly, we want to hear all your Rams takes. We could use it for a future episode, so drop your comments down below. Now, Travis, in the next segment, we're talking more Puka Nakua. We talked about him earlier in this week, and he definitely is impressing – 
at Rams OTAs. The fifth round draft pick, he is turning heads. And yesterday, Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic, she had some news and notes and some observations from practice. And she wrote, rookie fifth round receiver Puka Nakua seems determined to take on a large mental workload right away as installation unfolds. At one point Tuesday, McVay even pulled Nakua aside and worked with him individually on his release off the line of scrimmage. You also had Van Jefferson. He spoke very highly of him. So, hey, all aboard the Puka Nakua hype train. I'm buying myself some Puka shells. I'm all in on this guy. But, Trav, do you see what I'm seeing? Do you think Puka Nakua is going to have a big impact in year one? Well, Doug, I like what you said a second ago because I think that, look, the, the Rams could use a gimmick, right? And if we all started wearing puka shells every time we go to a Rams game for him, I think that that's at least, you know, that we've had the guys with the watermelons on their head for years and years. Maybe we upgrade to puka shells. Maybe if we don't want the full commitment there, we start with one of those sweet tart necklaces or something like that that we can kind of, kind of jump off right there. But I like the idea of, of the gimmick. Look, I, again, th- this is a team that is filled with opportunity if and and I know a lot of Rams fans don't like thinking about the the future beyond this upcoming season and I understand that and I I I get where they're coming from but the fact of the matter is this can be a part of what's coming next and the opportunities that come with it that Apuka Nakua who you're talking about is somebody who maybe was not a super high draft pick maybe somebody that can develop into this player that all of a sudden you say you know what we got something here he is part of what we're going to do maybe he's much better much quicker than anybody thought and now all of a sudden you're winning games games because of him in the early part of the season and what you thought may be a rebuild what you thought may be a reset can be the beginning of a nice season a playoff run or whatever it is but somebody like him is going to have to step in he's got all the tools right he's got all of the things that you want maybe other than the size that that's maybe something that you would like to see a, a little bit more of but look if Sean McVay is taking time to work with him individually if Sean McVay has singled him out as somebody that needs and, and deserves his one-on-one attention that's a very good sign that's the you know there's only one head coach there's a hundred guys out there on the field if he's saying hey come on over here let's work on a few things that's a very good sign yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that it just highlights the fact that Sean McVay, he's hungry. He wants to get back to coaching younger players and develop guys. And that tells me that he likes what he sees out of this kid. And that, yes, he could have a prominent role. And if you look at this guy, I mean, you look at the size. I love it. 6'2", 205. He's strong. He's versatile. You can use him out wide. You can use him in the slot. You can use him in the backfield. It doesn't matter. If you look at his tape, if you look at his highlights from BYU, this kid just made plays. And I think he fits perfectly within this Rams offense. I know that a lot of people have compared him to Robert Woods, calling him Robert Woods 2.0. Shout out to Bobby Trees. I think those are lofty comparisons, but I think it's more of how they could use him. And I envision him in those jet sweeps. I envision him making plays around the field. And I also think, too, he's going to replace Brandon Powell, not on the returns, but on those short passes that basically were run plays last year that really that should go to Atwell, but we don't trust Atwell to succeed in those spot so I definitely like him in that role and also like the fact that he has the pedigree his brother was in the NFL he definitely feels like a more mature player and I can't believe he lasted until the fifth round but do you think there's something to that do you think that the fact that he has that lineage that DNA that suits him for having more success earlier in his career I, I do I, I I love pedigree I like I, I don't care what the sport is if, if your dad played in the league I like you Right. Because you just you've been around it. You know what the what the stakes are. You know what the preparation is. There's no there's no 
hey, I didn't know it was like this. Those guys know what it is by the time they're eight years old, that this is what goes into it. So I always really do like that. I think you brought up a really good point, D-Mac, which is he can do more than one thing. Sean McVay likes guys that can do more than one thing, right? Like this is why the 2-2 Atwell experiment or whatever we're calling it, it kind of leaves me, you know, flat because he goes, he's real fast and runs down the field and you either hit home runs with him or that's it. But if you got a guy that can, like you said, be in the slot, be outside, catch the ball in the flat, block, run the ball, be a guy that understands the entire route tree. Don't be a one tool guy, be a multiple tool guy, be a multiple threat that he can do that. I think puts him at the top of the list. Yeah, no, exactly. The fact that you can get him involved in multiple facets of this offense, the fact that he runs hard, he's tough, he kind of fits the mold of a Rams receiver. He just feels like a Rams receiver already. I think that's definitely going to bode well. And also you add the fact that he's already working with Matthew Stafford. You heard J.B. Long say that last year Stafford was throwing towels. Now he's throwing the football again. So definitely that's going to help build that rapport, build that chemistry. And we heard last year that Allen Robinson looked good and we saw what happened during the season with that also too you look at back at last year McCutcheon he was one of my favorite receivers to watch in the preseason he performed really well had a nice chemistry with Bryce Perkins and then when it came to the season he struggled to get off the line so yeah anytime you hear that a player is looking good during OTAs or training camp or preseason you always have to take that with a grain of salt but I think Puka Nakua has the goods I think he checks off a lot of boxes I love the fact that he's strong he's quick he's faster he's versatile he's an intelligent player and also I love the fact that that he has this opportunity to work with Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup not in the fold and he's getting heavy reps he's getting a lot of attention do you think that's a big factor just building this chemistry with Stafford during OTA's draft yeah no you want to work with the the lead right the understudy is fine if he's got to go on then he's got to go on but if you get reps with the ones if you get reps with Matthew Stafford that is a totally different animal than working with the backups and and he was not there last year and we saw what it looked like and you know maybe one plus one doesn't equal two there but I, I really do think the more he's out there during the preseason and he being Stafford the more it helps hey, look does it make a huge difference with Robert Woods or excuse me with Cooper Cup probably not or Van Jefferson maybe a little bit but when you're talking about all of these other guys that are new to the league and new to the Rams the more he's with number nine the better I'm telling you, I feel it in my bones. This kid's going to be good. I'm getting my Rams colored puka shells ready to go for week one. But let us know down below in the comment section. Do you think that Puka Nakua has a chance to have a big impact this season? I think Steve Avila is going to have a big role as well. But I think offensively, you're going to see some big rookie impacts. I think Puka is going to be one of them. But let us know down below. Before we begin our final segment, just want to send a shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single single day free and available wherever you get your podcast now Travis in our final segment we're talking about the Rams new offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur who of course replaced Liam Cohen last season and Cohen we know he's not calling the plays we know that this is Sean McVay's show but last year this Rams offense they were 27th in scoring 32nd in total yards do you think this is a upgrade for the Rams I think it's a necessary upgrade because I think there's a couple of things going on here. You, you just mentioned his name a second ago. Liam Cohen kind of came in. He'd been there previously. He came in. It didn't really look like the Rams offense. Like you mentioned, I think there's a ton of explanations for that. And they moved on from him fairly quickly. He goes back to the college ranks. Now there, I think what's really interesting is we talk about offensive coordinators with the Rams, and obviously that's a position that exists and that's a role that needs to be filled. 
but it's not a traditional sense because Sean McVay is the guy running the Rams offense. He's the head coach and he might not have the title of offensive coordinator, but there's nothing that's happening on that side of the ball that isn't directly influenced by Sean McVay. What I think is good. And the reason that I think Mike LaFleur is really interesting is Sean McVay is confident enough in himself to allow new voices in, to actually listen to those new voices. And I'm not here to run it back against Jeff Fisher from 100 years ago, but one of the knocks on Jeff Fisher was always, he didn't have anybody on his staff that he was afraid they were going to take his job, right? He didn't want somebody there that might be better or know more than he did. So, and, and I think you saw the results. Sean McVay is not afraid of that. Sean McVay has had nothing but really experienced NFL coaches on his staff. Whether you go back to Wade Phillips, Raheem Morris right now, these are guys that could step in and be NFL head coaches like that. We see all the guys that have gone to Minnesota and Green Bay and Cincinnati and everywhere else. That LaFleur is here, he's going to listen, right? McVay's going to listen. It doesn't mean he's going to do everything that LaFleur brings to the table, but at least he's listening for good ideas. Always good news to have a new voice in there, a new perspective, new ideas. And I think that just the freshness of it all, like you mentioned, is the most important part. And yeah, look, I mean, Michael LaFleur is a guy that has developed a reputation as one of the better offensive minds in the sport. And look, let's be honest here. He fell on the sword in New York. He lost his job because of bad quarterback play. Zach Wilson, poor quarterback plays. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about Zach Wilson. <laughs> that, that was well done. Hey, Travis, I'm just trying to be nice out here, okay? I think Zach Wilson, he definitely is trying to avoid that B where he doesn't want to be labeled a bust. But, yeah, I think my point, though, is that LaFleur, he's going from a situation where you have a Zach Wilson, you have a Joe Flacco, to a Matthew Stafford, to a Super Cup, to offensive weapons that he can work with. I think he can optimize Cam Akers and hopefully get the most out of him. And I think the big thing for me, the overarching thing for me when it comes to this is the fact that if Sean McVay trusts him and he feels comfortable with him, I think you will see him listen to him more and maybe try to collaborate on certain plays in certain situations. I think there's a chance you could see better in-game adjustments, and I think that's something that this offense lacked last season. And also, I think, too, this year, most importantly for Sean McVay, is yes, we know that he's proven he can develop one of the best offenses in the league. He does need to prove that, but I think this next phase with all these rookies and all these young players, he has to be the guy that instills that culture and motivates and maxes guys out, optimize them and gets guys ready to play. So if you take a little bit off his plate by trusting Matt LaFleur, I think that could go a long way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that the, as far as Sean McVay goes, I think that this is more of a CEO year as opposed to a boots on the ground year, right? Like you you mentioned, he's going to call plays. He's going to be the final decision maker when it comes to all things offensive football related. But I, I, I agree with you, DMAC. I think that this is a, a year where you're building culture, where you're looking for things that may be beneficial to you maybe beyond this year, maybe beyond even next couple of years, that these are guys that we can work with. These are guys that we can develop. We need to make sure that they understand how we do it. And that might be as a, a big a part of what they're doing day to day, week to week as anything else. No, yeah, and I love that. I love the idea of him taking on a CEO type of approach while still calling the plays and being the guy behind the Rams offense because we know that's really how he made his bones in the 
this league. And I also think, too, just the comfort factor with LaFleur. I know these guys communicate. I know that you bring in someone that, yeah, you have a familiarity with. Now, I hope that he doesn't ask McVay to fire him like we saw Matt LaFleur do back in the day. But I definitely think that it's a great situation for both of them. And I also think, too, that if you look at what he does as a coordinator, a guy that was with the 49ers for so many years, a guy that knows the ins and outs of their running game. He knows their run game like the back of his hand. So I'm hoping that he can get that run game humming like we saw in the final three games of the season behind a healthy offensive line with a motivated Cam Akers. And I also want to see the Rams improve on that short middle passing game. I think that's something that he can absolutely address as well. He has a reputation for that as well. But just to circle back about the adjustments last season during the game, do you think this is an area where LaFleur can have an impact? Do you think that looking back at last season, that's an area where, hey, the Rams definitely have their issues? Yeah, no, that's a great point. They, and, and I wonder if it was just this is how we do it and this is how we're going to make it happen or it was just more of a we don't have a counter move like this. This is just based on the personnel that they were having to use in week to week, you know, month to month that there weren't counter punches there. It's just this is the one thing that we have. We got to try to do it. I, I like what you're talking about, DMAC, this ability to, OK, you know, kind of. All right. We're trying to go left. We got to go right now because left isn't working right now and moving off of what you thought was going to work into something that actually might. Yeah, for sure. And look, ideally, they just stay healthy and you have the weapons of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford and Cam Akers. Some of these younger receivers continue to emerge. You get a big year out of Van Jefferson. And hey, that initial plan A just works every time. But when it doesn't, I want to see some more in-game adjustments that we didn't see last year. But yeah, you think you make a great point is the options weren't really there. They were devoid at certain positions, especially later in the year, pretty much bereft of the talent they needed until Baker Mayfield kind of stepped on the scene, had a nice little run. Layton Cam Akers really got it going. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And that man to your right is Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers. And let us know down below in the comment section. Do you like the hire of Michael of Florida? Do you think Puka Nakua is going to have an impact as a rookie? Do you think Kobe Durant will have a breakout season? Let us know down below. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams house?